This is the Hasidic Story Project with Barack Holman, podcasting from Jerusalem, Israel. This podcast is sponsored by listeners just like you. To become a supporter of this podcast, please go to HasidicStory.com. H-A-S-I-D-I-C Story.com. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll The Magid of Mezrich once told some of his Hasidim to hitch up the wagon because they were going on a journey. They were going to Lemberg to the funeral of a simple Jew who was a mikveh yidele, a Jew who ran the mikveh. And you would think, such a great Rebbe, the Magid of Mezrich, who didn't travel very much, and going all the way to Lemberg is quite far from Mezrich. What are they going just for this simple Jew for? And the Magid realized that the Hasidim were a little reluctant to go this far for such a simple Jew. And he said to them, you'll never know who you're honoring. And as they were traveling, the Magid said, maybe I'll tell you a little story about this Jew. Now you should know the Magid of Mezrich, he received the blessing of Kvitzat Aderich, of traveling great distances in a short amount of time from the Holy Baal Shem Tov, a story that I've told in the past. And so even though it would normally take several days to travel to Lemberg, they would arrive within a few hours. And on the journey, the Magid told the Hasidim this story. Once, near Mezrich, there lived a tailor. His name was Moishele. And Moishele, he was an okay tailor, but he was full of charm. And anytime somebody would come into his store, they just didn't want to leave. They enjoyed being around Moishele so much. One day, a nobleman comes in, and Moishele is fixing a suit for the nobleman. And Moishele starts telling a few jokes. Well, the nobleman was cracking up. He was laughing so hard he was practically rolling on the floor. And he said, you know, Moishele, you have a future in entertainment. Maybe you shouldn't be a tailor. Maybe you should be a comedian. And Moishele just shrugged his shoulder and said, oh, you know, I'm a tailor. That's what I do. So the nobleman thought, well, I give parties all the time. I could really use entertainment like Moishele here. And he says to him, Moishele, listen, I'm going to have a big party tonight. I want you to come, tell a few of those jokes, and I'll pay you very nicely for it. So Moishele says goodbye to his wife, who was very devoted to him and who loved him very much. And he went to the party. He told a few jokes. It went over well. Everybody laughed. And then people started saying, L'chaim, L'chaim, because they knew that's what the Jews say. So they said to Moishele, L'chaim. And then a servant comes over dressed in a beautiful uniform, and he puts a glass of non-kosher wine into Moishele's hand. And even though Moishele knew he shouldn't be drinking this wine because it's not kosher, he said, you know, this is my first success as a comedian. And everybody encouraged him. They all said, no, drink up, drink up. You should celebrate and be happy. You had a great performance. So Moishele drank. And then somebody said to him, hey, you want a sandwich? And he points to the meat between the two slices of bread. He says, what kind of meat is that? They said, ham. It's delicious. Have you ever had it before? Of course, Moishele never ate pork in his whole life because it's strafe. And the Jew's not allowed to eat strafe. But he said to himself, oy vey, what am I going to do? The Goyim like me so much. Do I have to push on them that I'm a Jew? And so he ate a little bit of the ham. He drank a little bit more wine just to be polite. Then he returned to his wife, and everything was fine. He went back to the tailor shop. A few weeks later, another nobleman, who had been at the party, came to the tailor shop. He said, listen, Moishele, I'm giving a party tonight, and I saw what you did at the last party at my friend, the other nobleman. Please come tonight and tell some jokes. I'll pay you very nicely for it. And so Moishele went to another castle. At this time, he was more relaxed and felt more at ease with the audience, so the jokes really were rolling. Everybody was laughing. 
They thought Moishele was the greatest thing. And then afterwards, just like before, people gave him some wine, a little bit of non-kosher food. And he said to himself, what, am I going to embarrass my host? So he said, okay, I'll have a little bit. And so he drank. And unfortunately, he drank too much. And he came home drunk that night. The nobleman kept contacting Moishele, telling him, no, you got to come to the party. And he was going to parties every night. He was surrounded by beautiful women. And then he had this terrible thought. He said, what am I going to go home to Hanale, my wife, Yenta, garnished? Look at these beautiful women. They love me. They love my jokes. And who would I have at home? This lady who doesn't even come close to these beautiful women. But the truth of the matter is that Hanale was exceedingly beautiful and a very holy woman. It's just that Moshe they couldn't appreciate her anymore because he fell so far down. Gave up being a tailor completely and became a full-time comedian. He'd only come home every now and then to change his shirt or pick up another suit. And when Hanale, who loved him so much, would say, how come he's not coming home? Moishele felt so bad, he would just yell at her. And she clung to him, begging him stay, and he'd beat her so he could run out of the house. Moishele, who used to be this charming, sweet man who everyone loved, he became so depressed and violent because he lost his holiness. One night, Moishele's main patron, the original nobleman who hired him all the time, he said, Moishele, I'm sorry to tell you, but your jokes are getting stale. It's time for you to make a new act. As it happened, the next day, the Hele Gabal Shemtov was coming to town. And Moishele, hearing the news, he had a great idea. Maybe he could make up a skit about the holy man, about the Baal Shemtov, because all the noblemen were always curious about the holy master. And he thought, wow, if I could imitate the Baal Shemtov, this would be the act of the year. So instead of going to parties every night, he decided this Friday night he's going to Davin with the Helig of Baal Shem Tov. But he didn't really go to Davin. He went there to watch the Baal Shem Tov in order to imitate him, to find how he jumped when he danced and maybe a little movement here and there, how he bowed when he prayed, but he couldn't figure it out. How do you mimic pure holiness? Everything that came out of the lips of the holy Baal Shem Tov was whole, complete. And the Baal Shem Tov's laughing and crying during davening, it cut right through to Moishele's soul. He started doubting his ability to tell jokes and to entertain. He said to himself, well, maybe davening, it's too hard to make a skit from that. He thought to himself, let's see how the Baal Shem Tov eats at the Suda on Shabbos, at the meal on Shabbos. And on Friday night, it was always a time of great joy amongst the Hasidim. And Moshele saw that the Baal Shem Tov's table was packed with Hasidim. He tried to get in the room, but the Hasidim, who had known what Moshele did, how he treated his wife and how he left the community, they wouldn't let him in. But Moishele threatened his connections with the nobleman because he knew everyone now. He said, if you don't let me in, I'm going to make sure you get kicked off your farm and you get kicked out of your house because everybody rented from the nobleman. So one by one, they let him in until finally he was sitting right under the Baal Shem Tov's nose. Moishele sat there staring at the Baal Shem Tov, eagerly drinking in all of the expressions, making mental notes Maybe a little gesture of his hand during Kiddush or Hamotzi. Something could be used to make the greatest act of all time that would make everybody be laughing. But once the Baal Shem Tov saw that Moishele was there, he turned very suddenly and stared straight into Moishele's eyes, as if he knew the reason that Moishele was there. But then he ignored him, went on with enjoying Shabbos. Then the Baal Shem Tov gave over a lesson. And Moishele pretended to be interested. He was leaning on the edge of his chair, but his mind was racing. How can I imitate the Baal Shem Tov? How can I make this funny? 
But Moshe was listening, and he couldn't help but be affected by the words of the Baal Shem Tov. Something began to change in his soul, even against his will. Every word that the Baal Shem Tov was speaking was so strong, it really did something to him. And Moshe saw that there was something much deeper to life than just making jokes, or being a tailor, or making money. And he understood what he did with his life, and how far he'd fallen. Everybody knows, the Baal Shem Tov said, when you're in your mother's womb, an angel comes with a candle to teach you the entire Torah, the Torah that's yours for a lifetime. And then unfortunately, when you're born, you forget everything you learn. Only those who can find their Rebbe will be able to remember, because their Rebbe will teach that Torah to them again, word for word. Moishele understood. Although he had begun to lose his connection with Hashem, the Baal Shem Tev was speaking directly to him, giving him instructions on how to get out of the nightmare that had become his life. What had he become, Moishele saw? What had he become? And he was full of remorse. And right after the meal, he ran over to the Baal Shem Tov and he started crying and he said, Please, please, Rebbe, you have to tell me how can I do tshuva. The Baal Shem Tov said, From now on, you're going to have to fast from Shabbos to Shabbos. You'll stay in the Beit Midrash, in the house of study during the week, and only go home on Friday night. For how long will I have to do this? Moishele asked. Hashem will give you a clear sign. And right after Shabbos, Moishele went to the Beit Midrash and began fasting. He wasn't used to fasting, and fasting for an entire week. He did drink water, but he couldn't eat any food. It was like he died a thousand times. It was torture. And by the time Friday afternoon came, he was going out of his mind. All he wanted was that the people around him would wake him up after the davening and take him home so that he could eat. But sadly enough, everyone forgot about Moishele. The shamash, he locked the Beit Midrash. And Moishele was laying on the bench. He thought, that's it, I'm going to die. It was the middle of the night, he woke up. He saw that the Beit Midrash was locked, and he couldn't get out, and he knew that he wouldn't make it to the morning. He thought, I only have a few more minutes left, that's it, I'm going to leave this world. And he started praying and doing tshuva like never before. And his tshuva was so strong that Eliyahu Navi, Elijah the prophet, came to him and he said, in a few minutes somebody's going to come to take you home. After Shabbos is over, I want you to move to Lemberg. Don't worry about being there alone, because I will come every night to learn with you. A few minutes later, the shamash comes, out of breath and apologizing. He said, I'm sorry, I was sleeping, Moshele. There was a knock on my window and someone was yelling, there's a man dying in the shul. Go, run fast. So the shamash helped Moshele to get home, but Hanale wouldn't let him in. She was scared of her husband, and Moshele, he just didn't have any more strength. And the shamash said, please, can't you see? He's dying. So Hanale agreed to let him come in, stay in the kitchen while she hid in the other room with the kids. But when she heard him make kiddush, she knew that her old Moshele had come back. He was no longer the comedian. He had changed. And after Shabbos, they moved to Lemberg. Moshele became the mikvah and Eliyahu Navi came every night to teach him. Now the rabbi in Lemberg was a great mikubal, great kabbalist. And sometimes late at night, he'd walk around the streets of the ghetto. One night, he passed by the house of Moishele. And with his holy vision, he could see a shining light coming out of the window. And he knew somebody special was living there. So he sent his shamash to go and find out who lives there. The shamash walks into the house. He says to Moishele, the rabbi wants to speak with you. And the rabbi came and he said, I see a heavenly light is coming out of your house. Tell me, is Elijah the prophet teaching you? And out of respect for the rabbi, Moishele told him the truth, that he does come every night. The rabbi was so excited. Moishele, please, I'm begging you, as the rabbi of the city, please ask Eliyahu Navi if I can join you. 
I'll come back tomorrow night for an answer. The next night, Moshe, they gave the rabbi Eliyahu Navi's answer. The answer was that the rabbi wasn't yet on the level to study directly with Eliyahu Navi. But each morning, the mikvah Yid was free to share with him what they had learned before. A few days later, the rabbi of Lemberg, he said to Moshe, please tell Eliyahu Navi that I need a sign to know that these teachings are from the holy side and not from the evil side, because the evil side can also teach Kabbalah. And Eliyahu Navi gave a sign for the rabbi. He said, as long as I come every night to this city to teach Moishele, no one in the city will die. And for a long time, no one did. So when the rabbi was called for a funeral, one morning he knew right away, Oy vey, could only be Moishele the mikvayid. And so the Magid of Mezrich took his chassidim to comfort the wife and the children of the holy mikvayid, a Baal that with the help of the holy Baal Shem Tov had reached a level of holiness in one week that 99% of Jews will never reach in their entire lifetime. And when they finished, the Magid said to the Hasidim, So you see, you never know. You thought you were coming to the funeral of just some simple Yid, but you were actually coming to the funeral of one of the most special Jews alive in our time. And so, my sweetest friends, you know, sometimes we see people on the street, we meet people in our daily lives, and we think, Ah, who is this person? But we never know. And it's our job to see the good in them, and to judge them positively. By raising them up, we raise ourselves up as well. I'm my, 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 my